Hard to do without doing the amount of coke. <laughs> you need the slightly deviated septum. Are we doing this? Marin here, Cat Ranch. Just playing blues guitar, even though I'm just okay. Have you seen his show? Are we okay? What? Have you seen his show? Like not the yeah. podcast, but his show. Marin, yeah. Yeah. What do you think of it? It's a. I like the, the scenes where he's doing the podcast when he's like in it. It's just his angry kind of face. Yeah, yeah. Like it's my favorite part. And Another then, platform for him to rant on. Uh, yeah. Then the show's okay, but it's a, it was it kind of caught in a weird zone with all the other like kind of comedy vehicle. Mm. Like, yeah. Shows. It's yeah, like it the, the slightly. Like, I feel like it came out at the same time as like Louis and then whatever that Jim Jeffries one was. Oh yeah, his and then FX, FX had a bunch of Lainey, like color. even though his wasn't like kind of the same. It was like kind of wasn't it's a like, multi-camera one. Or yeah, his was like a real show, autobiographical, but like kind of not. He only watched a few episodes. Bamford had hers come out around the same time. Yeah, but after Lady Dynamite. Yeah, that one was really good. I like that one yeah, just because it's, it's so cool. absurd. Like, yeah, it's different. Yeah. It kind of kind of makes fun of it, and I guess yeah, she Embraces. has the benefit. Of being able to do that with her comedy because it already mm-hmm. kind of has that uh, aspect and it's about mental like kind of yeah. fragmented <laughs> kind of situation so it's kind of cool that it it echoes that the second season like was insane it was so hard to follow did you watch it i haven't watched it yet. no oh man it's nuts <laughs> so is lady dynamite netflix is it a netflix yeah. one yeah okay. yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah i haven't seen any of it it's no me neither pretty insane um joey diaz stuff on the marin episodes are pretty funny Joey, Joey Diaz is mostly just playing Joey Diaz and he just comes in and like starts doing a bunch of coke at Mark Maron's oh, house. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden there's like chickens <laughs> running around or something. It's pretty funny. He uh, just kind of st- stays there. Nathan <laughs> He Lins. just hangs out, yeah. Um, who, other, who else? Oh, Rob Schneider did a show that was kind of like that where it was supposed to be about his life. Real Rob or... Yeah, or, like, or, I think oh, it was no. just called like Rob, yeah. <laughs> But, like, all it was is kind of like Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's just, like, a complete asshole to people all the time. And I'm like, <laughs> I didn't like you very much anyway, and now I hate you even more. Like, no respect at all. I watched it one day when I was sick. I was like, I'll just crush through this season. And it made me want to kill myself. <laughs> bummer. <laughs> it was a real bummer. It really was. It's like no redeeming qualities Rob Schneider has. If that's him What's as his a best person, movie? Um, it's... His best movie is something that he did a bit role on with Adam Sandler. Yeah, that's probably He was really fair. funny in Big Daddy. I haven't seen that movie in yeah. so long. Big Daddy's a great movie. Yeah. I love that movie. It's one of my favorite uh, Adam Sandler ones. And it's when like John Stewart was still an actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he was barely in it even. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Rob Schneider's daughter is that girl on the radio... That I L- love L- that song. Yeah, L- with the like one, two, three, bitch, you're mad about me. Oh, really? I'm the best baby that you. Yeah, that's yeah, it. That's right. <laughs> that, that's yeah. it. Huh. About- yeah. <laughs> Still don't like him. I don't like any of his family. <laughs> she doesn't really look like him either. <laughs> that's not true. She looks like more like him than she probably wants to. Than oh. I would want to. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Looking like Rob Schneider is not something okay. that's like it's high on the like priority high up list. On my list. No. Yeah. It's not Kim K. She's gorgeous though, Rob and I like Schneider. her aesthetic. Like she's very punk rock and cool. Okay. I do like her aesthetic. Yeah. Cindy Lauper. I like that song. Nice. I like yeah, Cindy Lauper, that's a good aesthetic. They should bring that back more. <laughs> Cindy Lauper aesthetic. Denim and poofy hair. Girls just, just wanna 80s. have fun, buddy. Yeah. Girls just wanna have fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Speaking of having fun, we're already having so much fun here. <laughs> what a great segue to introduce this uh, exciting new episode of Deep Thoughts. Uh, I'll go back. Deep Thoughts with Connor, Christmas, and Gang. Yeah. Deep Thoughts. Ah, oh, come I on, Sam. I thought you'd have something, man. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Thoughts. Yeah. 
deeper than the deep blue sea. Yeah, that's, that's good. So that's what I wanted. That's yeah, what I wanted. Right. We'll try again at the end. Um, we, today, uh, our our guests are uh, the producers of Crash Test Comedy every Tuesday at Vern's, as well as the Late Show happening afterwards. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves, please? Uh, my name's Sam Bendy, one of the producers of Crash Test Comedy and the Late Show afterwards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, Austin Lonneberg. I'm one of the producers of Crash Test Comedy and The Late Show Afterwards. <laughs> I'm Amy Edgar, one of the producers of Crash Test Comedy as well as The Late Show After. There you go. Uh, I'm not lying. I have, I have witnesses right here that all confirm that these are the producers of Crash Test Comedy and The Late Show Afterwards. Um, so uh, let's just jump in. Um, how long has Crash Test been going on? Great question. Um, four years in November? Yeah, yeah, we started at a different, it's at Vern's now, uh, which we mentioned. We started there, I think, like, um, would have been February of 2015. And then before that, we were at a different bar, which was a much worse bar uh, called Bronco. We started there in November of 2014. And they often didn't have food, so they just give you free chips because you can't serve alcohol. Unless you give people, that had, like, no food. Half yeah, the they had a smoke. <laughs> they did have a smoker, um, but they couldn't use it in the building. Because of the rules of buildings, <laughs> smokers inside of them. So they had a smoker outside that they sometimes smoke stuff on the street with. <laughs> this feels like and slander, but they already went out of business, so it's fine. Oh, okay. That's, Come at me, Andy Vaughn. Come at me. Um, and also they'd serve beer in cans all the time and not in like a cool way. You know, like we don't have taps kind of way. We don't have taps and we don't have glasses. No, we have cans of pla Paps Blue Ribbon. That is what we serve here. <laughs> Tall boys? No, regular style. It says eight pack on the can. <laughs> Didn't you also have like a, a, a worse name? Back then, didn't start as a different Oh, name. no, we had the same name, but there was also the other show. Oh, okay, that was it. Which was another show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was same, called? Because we started every no, second week. Yeah, we called the other yeah. show, not the another show. Oh, okay. No, yeah, it was the other show. show. It was, was run by Brandon show. and uh, Ben. Oh, okay. Okay, great. So, yeah, how it started was, like, Austin and I were running a show on, like, every other Tuesday at mm -hmm. this Bronco place, mm -hmm. and then Ben and Brandon were running their show the Tuesday, like, in between. Okay. So every Tuesday there was a show there, but then it got confusing. So then Brandon suggested that we just like join forces and like be all one show. So okay. then that's how it came about. So then we decided that Crash Test would be the name versus the other show because the other show didn't make sense <laughs> without <laughs> without another show. The other show, yeah, just, just the so, show. Exactly. <laughs> was that what theirs it's, was called? Theirs was called the other show because we started first. Oh. So it okay. was like Crash Test is one week and then the other show is the next week all right all right see how it's um, super clear yeah, yeah. <laughs> so clear crystal yeah. crystal clear but the uh, bar was always at risk of closing so there was a few times when we showed up and we're like i don't know if there's this is a, still a bar but then the the side door was open but the main doors were just like locked on us oh and we couldn't get in and then yeah we'd like find the guy that like owned it or ran it i don't know what his actual job was there but he'd like come out disheveled from the back and be like oh i forgot to unlock the door sorry guys it's like that's <laughs> Probably one of the reasons this bar's failing is uh, yeah people <laughs> forget to open get into it. Yeah. <laughs> We've been closed all day, dudes. Yeah. Lights not on. Shit. I wonder why no one Door's was coming in here. Uh, where was this place? Yeah, uh, to like it was where uh, Vicious Circle used to be. I don't know where that yeah, is. Yeah, it was on what was it? Uh, First Street Southeast and 10th Ave. It's like oh, two okay. businesses there right like away yeah. from Cafe Koi. Oh. It was like between on the two different streets and you had to like walk into a brick wall huh. and just like hope you didn't get smashed but then you actually Harry magically Potter yeah, your way. Yeah, it was like it was platform <laughs> nine, and three and nine and three quarters. Nine and three quarters, thank you. The alley nine and you know what's going Di on. Diagon? People, I think it's Diagon and then the Harry Potter nerds will be like, it's Diagon. Uh, what did the movie say? I don't know. There's the one where like Harry does, and then he goes to the wrong place, and then there's the good one with all of the good stuff. I just feel like the pronunciation would have been vetted for the movie, so if you're yeah. in doubt, you can be like, exhibit movie. It's like every magic thing they do on that movie, there's someone correcting the person who says it in the movie, though. It's like, it's Leviosa, not Leviosa. It's oh, every, yeah. Every fucking thing. Yeah, and sometimes the stone's a philosopher, and other times it's a sorcerer. 
Yeah. Like, I don't like Depending that. on the translation. Uh, the, the, the translation from the original text. Yeah. <laughs> the original <laughs> text of ancient England. <laughs> Apparently, those books are the hardest thing in the world to translate. Because they've translated them to like a million. Because they sell so well. It translates yeah. to a million languages. But that lady made up so many fucking words. <laughs> <laughs> that people that are like trying to translate them to like Chinese or whatever. Is like, they're like, there's, there's no word for levioso. That's not in Chinese. Yeah. We don't have a symbol for that. It's just like a floating feather. I think feather. it's leviosa, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I read the Chinese book. It was unclear. At least Tol- Tolkien put like an entire other book at the back of his book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talking about the four languages discussed in the book and how to use them. Like, yeah. Okay, I was nuts. He was. He was pretty nuts. He was a philologist. A, a philologist? Yeah, it was like a guy who studied language. Huh. Interesting. Was he also like, a soldier? Oh. I think they, he probably had to be when he was living. I think people got conscripted back then. But uh, that is a story for another time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What a buzzkill. So So, uh, back to... It was 1917. (laughs) (laughs) J.R. Tolkien was a a fresh-faced 15-year-old boy. Uh, We're not getting into it. Um, It was a good start to his story, though. Uh, So Crash Test used to be at Broncos. Now you moved it to Vern's. Yeah. And it has been going strong every week for three years now? Four years? been at least three years a little over three years at Vern's, yeah because it would have been yeah february of 2015 so cool it'll be four years next time it's february which is the next time february will be um (laughs) i think we're like halfway there i think it's like six months right yeah close-ish well uh happy half half birthday yeah it's three and a half so it's just learning how to it's not in its terrible twos anymore yeah Doesn't put as much stuff down the toilet, our show. (laughs) (laughs) Except for what, like, it needs to be down the toilet. Yeah. Hopefully. Um, That's a good... Do you... Let's let's play with that parallel. Would you say that Crash Test as a show now is similar to a a three-and-a-half-year-old child? Yeah. Like, it's mostly potty trained. Yeah. But, like, sometimes it's still, like, shit's the bed. And and we're we're still, like, we're we're those uh, abnormal parents, so we're still nursing it. Oh, okay. It's three and a half. You're a little protective. Yeah, we follow the WHO recommendation to breastfeed for three years. So, uh, yeah. Well, they say it takes a village, and our village just keeps changing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's yeah. yeah. Like we've had such a rotating cast of producers. Yeah. So it started with uh, Amy and Austin, you two. Yeah. Yeah. And also, did Brandon and Ben help out? Pretty much. Yeah, right like because it was Crash Us and the other show not very long. So then mm. those two shows merged, and then it, so it was myself, Austin, Ben Cannon, and Brandon Craig. Yeah. For. A while, and then, then Brandon. We fired them. We fired, uh, we fired them. Brandon for moving to England. And yeah. yeah, he, he we fired just left. Ben for getting too busy. Uh, so they got fired, and then we brought on Bobby Warner, and then we fired him for moving to Toronto. Yep. And then we brought on Sam Benty first, and then uh, we didn't fire him yet. Uh, we're going to fire him soon for moving to Victoria. Yeah. He's <laughs> getting fired oh, real yeah, soon. Oh, yeah. You were telling me about and that. And also Malik, who's not currently with us. Rest in peace, Malik. He's still alive in a different place. Um, yeah. <laughs> but we're, we have but no we plans to fire But we hope that he's him. napping. So that's why we want him to rest in peace. Yeah. I don't know where he is. No, yeah. He's at a show. He's at a show. But Hopefully he's napping at that show. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of nice, though, like having multiple producers like that. Because then you don't have to be fully responsible for a weekly show like yeah you have other people to rely on and like other people to help you at the show too and it's nice for us because then we can kind of get more stage time without having all that responsibility too like mm-hmm. it might not be my week to produce but i know i can be like yo i want on and that leads me to my next question you guys are still doing this i think where you do divvy it up like every Every week of the month, you have a different producer yeah. who like takes charge. Yep. Yeah, like it rotates through the four of us, but yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think that's a really smart idea because like um, when I was in Lethbridge, I was doing uh, a show once a month because I was like all I could handle. Yeah. And you guys have taken that kind of format, but then just created a team so that you're able to do that every week so that there's consistent comedy at Vern's. Yeah, so I like to joke that like you get the street cred of running a weekly show, but you only have to do the responsibility of a monthly show. I think that's So you can be really like, smart. I run a weekly show, yeah. <laughs> but do you? But there, we get a lot of help from our friends. <laughs> yeah, but like you just, yeah, so yeah. it's nice. And then we're 
weird for like an amateur show because we run two shows right so Mm -hmm. we have like the 8 p.m that's the pro-am and then we do 10 p.m we call it the after show it's a show up go up open mic so that's just like anyone who wants to try um yeah yeah. okay so that's like that's maybe some of the more potty stuff that's the non-potty trained 100% yeah (laughs) Yeah. and it's usually like we're comics performing for comics and comics are the worst audience members in the world so yeah that's fair (laughs) (laughs) why is that do you think because I don't know everyone's focused on their own shit and you don't want to be I don't know it's cooler to stand by the booth and like less I don't know uncomfortable if you're like Mm. somebody's bombing on stage you don't want to I don't know. I don't like to sit in like the pit front during the after show. I usually use the guise of I'm timing people, but it's just uncomfortable. <laughs> well, like a lot of the comics too have like seen a lot of the other comedians' material, so it it's not like a fresh audience where it's like you know you can hit them with your best stuff and it'll be new to them to the audience. Whereas with the comics, you like you have to kind of do newer stuff because they're just they just won't respond to the older stuff in the same way for the most part. I yeah. Mean, Sometimes there's exceptions or whatever, but for the most part, yeah, it's, it is that thing where they've probably heard your best jokes or whatever before. So they're just naturally like every time you, the second time you hear a joke, it's just not as good. Mm-hmm. So they're just not going to laugh as much, even if they're paying attention, which is also sometimes they're just not paying attention. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anything to add, Sam? I, I don't know. It's it, one of my favorite feelings is when a show starts to get more people. Like as the show's going, you haven't gone up yet, and then all of a sudden you're like, "Wait, man, I need, I need to change. Like I should just do some good stuff." Actually, there's an audience here. <laughs> and you're like, and then you're like, feed it and, and uh, find that some uh, that, that's how you you work in new stuff into your your old stuff and find places for it in your act. Yeah, like kind of gauging whether the audience is new or if it is just comics. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like. As a comic, when when I'm watching other comics, if they are, if it is new stuff and it's like going poorly, I'll probably laugh a little more than if it's if it's going well, I'll laugh too. But like as a comic, you can kind of, it's like a, I know what you're going through kind of laugh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where it's like you're this isn't going well, but this is funny to me because I've been there before. So it's like, I like getting those laughs a little bit if I'm doing really bad. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like at least someone's laughing. But hopefully I'm just not doing bad in the first place. That's that's the the goal. <laughs> well, and I think that you can, like, bomb gracefully, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. And, like, call attention to your bomb. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, the ones that are super uncomfortable to watch are the ones where it's, like, they have, they're just, like, nose to the grind, like, powering through. Like, yeah. trying to act like they're not bombing. And then it just mm-hmm. makes the audience even more and more uncomfortable, in my opinion. Because you're, like... But we all can tell you're bombing. Yeah. And they like, they explain the joke that everyone got, but just didn't laugh. Yeah. Stuff like that. And like, we got, we got it. We put the pun together. Uh, still not funny. <laughs> <laughs> it can be like pretty uncomfortable though, too, if like somebody's not doing well and they're like bringing it up too much and you're like, yeah, we are all aware of you not doing well. Could you just please finish? <laughs> yeah. Finish not doing true. well. Cause you just keep talking about how you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. It's a lot like, like we all know. We all know. <laughs> just wrap this up. Yeah, let's get it over with. I feel like that is the main. Like whenever I see, especially like a male comic go up for the first time, I they always do a joke about how this is probably gonna go like how I lost my virginity. Yeah, and then they go on to explain that no one will be laughing and it will probably be over sooner than they thought. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how many times I've heard that joke from different people. So many times. Probably like 13. Yeah. Like a dollar for every time. I get it though. Like (laughs) I think if you want to get into comedy, like no matter where you are, like if there's any kind of comedy scene there, like go and like watch Mm -hmm. shows. Because I think what happened, like if those people that we're talking about, like that do that same kind of joke, if they had gone to CMN for like a couple weeks in a row, they probably would have seen one of the two or three new people he puts on every week do that joke and then they'd be like oh, oh yeah mm-hmm. cmn for people who don't know is comedy monday night oh yes yeah, broken city um and that is probably it's the longest running show in canada right i think it's like longest what's he say longest open mic in western canada it was, yeah. and i think now spirits in toronto has closed i believe right do that show so it's the longest running. Thirteen years. Thirteen years. Right? Yeah, you have to check their... with James Moore for the specifics. He'll but yeah, tell you. He'll give you the exact week. He has it written on the papers. 
Oh yeah, I remember going to the anniversary show this year and getting a free pin. That was yeah, those fun. pins are sweet. They are. James is the king of like comedy show swag. He yeah. always has great swag. Like and and then Chris Gordon is also the king, but in a very opposite spectrum of Absolutely. all of his swag. <laughs> yeah. Well, and his swag isn't for his show. His swag is like for him specifically. Yeah, true. Bear guns and <laughs> those neon shirts. I'm selling pins. Uh, they're bowling pins. <laughs> oh yeah. So, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> An after show joke. Uh, <laughs> uh, so you've been running this show for three and a half years now. Um, you guys have been getting a bit more traction um, throughout those four years. Have, have you seen like a fairly consistent growth or has there kind of been like two steps forward, one step back kind of thing? What would it you say ebbs and flows. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's real week to week all the time. Like, you know, and it's been, it's weird. Sometimes like I remember like last summer, I think it was maybe the summer before. Anyway, we had like this crazy run of shows. We're like, oh, it's great now. And then like, I don't know if they're just all university students or what the deal was, but then it's September hit, like Labor Day weekend hit great show next week for like and then for like the next three months after that was just dead and it was mm. like oh i guess like our whole audience that summer was like must have been students or something right yeah like, and it is it it does really ebb and flow like we'll have like i think recently we had a nice string of like four or five weeks in a row that were all like pretty well attended some of them were even like packed out and then afterwards you know but like you'll have like two weeks of like almost nobody you're just like maybe like four people a show or something like that like it's been real it just ebbs and flows and it's hard to figure out why it does that because you're like is it because we promoted it more or is it you know you don't know why it's better some weeks and not better other weeks hmm. or if it's just like some chance thing where somebody happened to hear a bunch of people heard about it that week somehow yeah right? it, like would you say do you ask like audience members how they heard about the show at all when they come or no 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 not really like we'll ask people if it's their first time or whatever like just yeah, the general like host hosting stuff. yeah bullshit or whatever you do off the top but we don't have like a comment card or anything we were giving out more tickets than i think we are now like we had we have tickets printed so oh try to, okay like, yeah i don't know i try to if i meet somebody cool at a party or whatever like give them a ticket or if i have like a cool server i'd be like hey sweet if you ever want to come here's a ticket to my dumb thing <laughs> it's not dumb everyone listening please attend <laughs> and do you find that those people usually come yeah i think so yeah yeah like yeah. We, we haven't been getting as many tickets lately but i think it's because we haven't been you like you put Pushing you get much. in what you put out right? yeah. yeah and i wonder what the hit rate is on that because it is kind of low but it, it's still good to get all those tickets out there like because even if like yeah. If you give out, I can't remember, how many tickets do we order at a time? A lot, like three or four hundred. Yeah, so let's say you order, you order 400 tickets, you give them all out. Let's say you get a return of that of even like 40 people, like a tenth of what one in ten tickets comes back. Like that's still pretty decent in terms of return. Because like a lot of times totally. if you get people with one ticket or whatever, even like two tickets, you can get like, they'll maybe bring another two friends that pay the five dollars at the door. And it's not about the money or anything, but it's just about like getting people to watch local comedy, right? And like getting people out to to watch the things and it has been i think that has been probably overall our most productive like advertising strategy has been free tickets because we've done other things right we've done posters like all the sort of classic mm -hmm. advertising stuff and i think for posters like i think we've only had i mean one or two people ever mentioned that they came because of the poster who knows obviously with other people but yeah yeah a lot of that and then like a lot of like honestly a lot of friends and coworker type stuff like we had a, a group of people that are coming up consistently and they were just friends with the other producer malik who's like not here right now but yeah they were just like good friends with him and worked with him so they're like yeah sure we'll come out and then every week he was hosting yeah he, he knew he could get like four to maybe eight people coming out every time right sweet yeah cool and so in uh in addition to like giving out tickets you guys also do a lot of uh instagram promoting i noticed like on the page as well as like on all your personal accounts do you find that that is it just Malik who can kind of get those people from his Instagram or is like, do you, is it, uh, do you find that a lot of people like message you and be like, Hey, let me know about this show or like ask about it when they see it on your stories and whatnot. I don't know if I get like many DMS or anything about it, but it is like just Instagram is definitely where like our target audience or whatever mm -hmm. is using social media right now. Like, um, and then so many people just run all the stories through right like so many people watch instagram stories yeah so it seemed like plus i'm just a huge nerd for social <laughs> media and like any kind of marketing thing so i was just like 
an excuse to make another Instagram account. So <laughs> it's at Crash Test Comedy. <laughs> yeah, at Crash Test Comedy uh, on Instagram. Do you yeah. guys have a Facebook page? Yeah, Crash yeah. Test Comedy on Facebook okay. too. Same yeah. there. Cool. Um, follow it, people. Yeah, follow it. This is a. I really love Crash Test Comedy. I have to say. Um, it, Thank you. It's, yeah, it's one of my favorite shows to go to because it's like you guys still produce it with. Um, an air of professionalism and like it is a tight show that you run but it's also like it's in Vern's it's a basement show <laughs> like and Vern's is a great place but like when you walk in there you get that's a, a niche place yes. so you like you're kind of going both from that like kind of punk rock like feel but also like this is a show that will start on time or at least like five minutes with within that and like we will have good comics for you and but you can still kind of get away with a little more than you could at other mics, I think. Yeah, we're really lucky. Like, he lets us do whatever. He lets us do the two shows. Like, and we're lucky that all of the co-producers we've had over, like, however many there's been, we all tend to have, like, a similar kind of criteria or what's the word I'm thinking of? Like, there's a certain caliber of comedy that we mm. all kind of, without having to talk about it, agree, like, for the early shows, we try to our best to like not make it a slog. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, and it's it is honestly like that is kind of a, one of the struggles. Calgary's like a smaller market with like not as many comedians, and I find at least one of like the struggles of running the show though can be making sure you rotate acts well. Like instead of booking the same, maybe you have like you have like I don't know. For me, for example, I have like probably. Let's say there's like six, maybe eight, something like that, of like comics that I really trust to do a good job every show. Yeah. Some amount like that. It's hard sometimes not to book the same four of them. Like you have to kind of break it up in a way that you're like, this week I'm booking like these three guys. And then the next time I'm booking it, I got to remember I shouldn't just book the same three ringers every time and like yeah. bring totally. in new people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's like one of the downsides too to having the four producer format is like you have to really stay on like if you, if for some reason i can't go to crash test i gotta kind of stay on top of who was on the show so i'm we're not just booking the same person every week mm. other than us we're booking us every week but uh, <laughs> like you know what i mean like i i love connor christmas i think he's a very funny comic but i can't have him on my show every single tuesday because mm -hmm. then that's gonna burn him out that's gonna burn our audience out totally yeah it's you yeah, that's me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> you make it relevant within the podcast. Deep thoughts with Connor Christmas and gang. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, so, oh, where were we? Uh, you made you made me blush and I forgot what we were talking about. Um, You're welcome. <laughs> so, rotating comics. Do you guys like? Do you reach out to the kind of the higher caliber comics that live in the city? To be like like Pete uh, Zedlacker or like Trent, um, do you guys like message them and be like, hey, you haven't been down for a while. Like, do you want to come maybe do a spot or do you save them for your more like uh, like headliner nights? Um, well, for I don't know. For me, I guess like I reach out, especially to Pete occasionally. Trent's a little different right now because he works. Yeah. He's I don't know if he's still working. Crazy, on it, but busy. last year he was working on this hour as 22 minutes. So, I mean, like, there, you know, from September to. I think June or whenever he got back, whenever the season wrapped up, there, you know, there's no mm -hmm. point in reaching out to him. But I think, like, I reach out occasionally to those guys, but not too often. But I do let them know that there's sort of, like, an open door for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, like, worst case scenario, and it's not by worst case scenario, I mean, we have a good comic on our show. It just runs the show a little long. They can pop by whenever. But I also do, like, let them know. I'm like, hey, if you ever need an extra spot, you have to, you know, you have a showcase coming up or whatever, just feel free to message me and we will get, we'll make sure you get, you get on the show. Yeah, and would that you would usually just add a spot on, or would you be like if they showed up? Yeah, I just add. I'd add yeah. a spot on. I'd put them like on if they were like were like in a rush. I'd bump somebody for it. Like they like they wouldn't lose the show, but everyone would just be set back. Yeah, five ten minutes put or whatever. Exactly. Then, yeah. yeah, cool. Because we've had that. I mean, like the biggest example is we had we do YY Comedy Festival comes through every year, and by comes through I mean they run the festival in Calgary yeah. every year. Um, and every or the couple of years ago we had Todd Berry come by the show, and it was a situation where it was like okay, this comedian's almost done, so the next comedian, I don't want to bump them right away, but you'll be on right after them kind of mm -hmm. thing, right? Like, we managed yeah. it like that. Because he has other spots to go do. He yeah, just... not even just that. Just, like, he, I don't want to force Todd Berry to hang out at Vern's, like, if he doesn't want to. If he, <laughs> he wants to. He was so cool about it, though. Great, yeah. yeah that's he good. was, but if he didn't want to, you know, if he wanted to get back to his, he was just on a flight. He came from the airport. If he wanted to get back to his hotel, I'm, like, I'm not going to be, like, 
No, you gotta wait. You gotta sit Sorry, through. Sorry, Todd Berry. <laughs> yeah, you gotta sit through an hour and fifteen minutes of amateur comedians, Todd Berry. So because he hasn't done that for yeah, thirty years. Exactly. Right. <laughs> he was so cool because I was hosting that night, and I he was like, "How long am I doing?" And I was like, "However long you want, man. Yeah. You're Todd Berry." And he's like, "I'm not gonna be an asshole." And I was like, "Okay." Like, he's like, "But your act is kind of <laughs> you being an asshole." So I just don't know, man. I, no, that was a really cool like thing to have happen that's really cool uh let's talk more about that that's really interesting so this was during yyc comedy festival and that's yeah. like that's late september to early october right that's right yeah yeah usually yeah i don't do they have the dates announced this year do you know i think the announcement's coming out soon but i don't know if it's been posted so yeah, yeah check yeah. out their social media channels mm-hmm. too though um cory mack one of the organizers of yyc comedy festival she's really good about not only promoting on their channels like what's going on with the their festival but she really kind of opens it up more to just like calgary comedy in general too and like yeah i've noticed that on yeah. their instagram yeah mm-hmm. so she's that's a good account to follow and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's so cool to have that festival every year because it gives all of us like newer comics and amateur comics like a festival credit first yeah, of all for sure. and then like someone like myself i got to open for todd barry like that's insane mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome like what was it like? Because I'm sure he didn't like email you guys or message you guys before he just showed up at the right. venue. Like, what went through your minds? Who's working door? Like, what what was that was that like? I think I was standing near the door because I remember sort of scheduling him into the spot or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was I don't, it was really cool when he dropped in. I mean, I think there was another producer for uh, for the festival that used to produce. He doesn't anymore. Um, but I, I, for some reason, I, it's hard to remember, but I think he had mentioned something being like, Hey, we might have somebody dropping by or something. He said something like that. So it wasn't like I was like completely unexpected or whatever, but it was really cool. And yeah, but it was mostly like, um, as sort of like somebody who's not, I wasn't hosting the show, but as somebody that runs the show, I just wanted to be like sort of as accommodating as possible to him and Mm -hmm. like make sure he could get up quick without much delay or whatever. For sure. And then, yeah um so did he just do like crowd work or did he work a bit like i'm curious because he had that whole crowd work tour he does a lot of crowd work like in with his regular jokes he did like some jokes and then he'd like do crowd work riffs off of them but it was okay it was sort of a mix yeah it wasn't like full crowd work or anything yeah but it was it was definitely it's like i think now it's probably just like an integral part of a show is just like doing because he does that's sort of what makes him so unique as a comic or like one of the things that makes him really interesting as a comic because there's like there's a lot of deadpan comics with like pretty good jokes and that's what he is but he has this extra layer to it where he really riffs off the crowd response and like sort of makes fun of the crowd a little bit like mm-hmm. not he doesn't go super hard to the crowd or anything but i think that's sort of a hallmark of todd berry comedy is doing a joke and then talking about it afterwards yeah, yeah. and like how the crowd reacted being like kind of their eye but also making fun of it is that yeah a little bit yeah, yeah. It's almost, it's not exactly like it's a bit of a different thing, but it's almost like Jim Gaffigan-esque mm. in that way. Where he, yeah, he does like that voice he does that comments on his joke. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah that's really cool. Um, how many, was that last year that that happened? Year before. I think that was the year before. Year yeah. before? Cool. So were, were you, Sam, on no, the Crash Test team yet? I wasn't on that one yet. No? But right. la- last year was was fun at the YYC Fest. Well, tell us about that. We haven't heard much from well, you. And usually you're singing... From the tops of roofs. Well, I just it's it's it, it, it's their baby mostly. Like, they, <laughs> like, I, I, I'm I'm like a weird like a you're the weird like, uncle. Yeah, or like a step parent that just just came in, but the the other parent just it was like one of those weird three way families. <laughs> or no, like not weird, di- slightly polyamorous, yeah. acceptable but different than what I'm, I, I experienced yeah. growing up. Well, uh, what's your experience with uh, hosting so far and producing with? Oh Crash yeah, Test? it's been lots of fun, and, and being part of that fest was was a huge like. Uh, event there and it was really it was like a big benefit to all the hard work of putting into like and being able to go like to see the show afterwards hang out with the all the other famous comics at the the gala after party Mm -hmm. if i wanted to i had to work the next day so i left early but you go in there and there was like a free drink for like fancy drinks and there was like all these cool appetizers it was it was a fun little thing you're like this is what comedy could be (laughs) fell asleep during uh, uh, sean majumber but Oh, <laughs> because you were tired from working or because of sean's set both yeah I don't know. okay yeah huh? that's the thing but with comedy it's like so subjective it's like someone could be like super ultra famous and you just like nope not my cup of tea yeah i wish i wish they had a like a music comedy night 
specifically like the, the at J- the festival the, yeah like the the just for last northwest did okay or like a, they, they had like a cool music comedy like because i feel like might have a shot Mm-hmm. being a part of that yeah and then also i'd be able to hang out with like the cool like, someone that they've had to maybe like Sean Gar- Cullen or like, Garfunkel and Oates or something like that yeah maybe not yeah <laughs> maybe I, not them no, <laughs> I, I, I doubt they'd come I don't know yeah yeah do you know who Bird Cloud is no they're like uh, Garfunkel and Oates but they're kind of country a little maybe a little less stand-up kind of stuff in between but oh okay. they've been on Stanhope show a bunch they're on like Doug Benson's like uh pot smoking show mm-hmm. but uh they sing like country songs but they're raunchy and kind of like but it's like old like kind of this 60 70 dolly parton kind of country things but i think they okay. came up during stampede they'd be a, such a sweet idea for someone to bring up what's their name again they're car- called bird cloud bird cloud but they, yeah so they got like a, right. uh, they got a sweet song called like uh washing my big old pussy but they have like this <laughs> it's like me and they have like a cool harmon's like washing my big old pussy so not a, like on top of like the ridiculousness of the songs they're actually like good songs like yeah, the yeah. Harmonies they're, they're really and stuff good. like yeah, that got, yeah. yeah they're great I they, like, got, they got they got one or two almost serious songs, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> but they're sweet. They're, yeah, they're good. What uh, Austin, Amy, what are your guys' opinions on musical comedy? I feel like this is a stand-up comics <laughs> always yeah, have I think an musical opinion. Comedy stupid. <laughs> yeah, I think you should be a musician or a comedian. I think oh, uh, Henry Phillips. A lot of I don't even know. I really haven't <laughs> not that familiar with Henry Phillips. I don't work. know him. I don't care about him. Um, but there's uh, for example, some rappers. Uh, who are much funnier than, or at least equally funny to, I think, most of the funniest musical comedians, and they are better at the music aspect. So I'm like, if you're not going to be the best at either one of these, I don't see the value of it. <laughs> if you're going to be worse at music and just as funny as Danny Brown, the rapper, I feel like you should uh, not do that. So if you like, if you still, if you're a musician and still do comedic things, but not call yourself a comedy musician, is that like the separation? Yeah. Well, like for example, this rapper I'm talking about, Danny Brown, uh, makes really good music, and he makes music <laughs> <Wow>. that's uh, <laughs> not just like it's not just all funny, but some of it is very funny. He's got very funny punchlines in his songs. Yeah, and there's uh, some particular musical comedy acts that I won't name because uh, I might run into them <laughs> at some point. <laughs> And I don't want this on record if that's anyway. Um, <laughs> but I'm like, oh, his punchlines are uh, like on par with the, these people's or funnier. And his music is definitely like better. way better. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm <laughs> like, yeah, you've, you've lost then. <laughs> but could that change if there were more shows that were um, that fostered more of a, a music setup? Because like a lot of stand-up shows it's like you're like oh i have to plug in your guitar what the fuck like they don't want to cater to any of that right like i remember my friend uh solly uh kp he's does a lot of musical comedy yeah he does with the uh yeah keyboard keyboard, and uh he went to comedy monday night once and james was like i don't like this is gonna take a lot of time to set up but he like gave him the spot um would do you think it'd be different if like the host was like way more willing or the producer was way more willing to like accommodate more musical instruments and things like that? I think that there is definitely a need for more like variety shows in mm-hmm. Calgary because maybe it's just like my background. I don't know, but I really empathize with um, more like fringe acts. Like if, if like in your heart of hearts you want to be a ventriloquist, like where are you supposed to go? Like comedy <laughs> yeah. open yeah, mics really not are not going to accept you. Like there's not a ventriloquist community that I know of in Calgary. I don't know if they're really. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> or like magicians too. Like if you're an amateur magician and like that is like your freaking passion, that's what you want to do. There's not really a place. And like I think that musical comedy, a I. I personally do think that musical comedy has a place like within stand up because it just like has. But then also I think there should be more of these variety shows because like I would love to see like, I don't know, more musical comedy mm-hmm. and or more like fringe variety acts. Yeah. But like so, I said, that could be because of my heritage. Yeah. Your clown, your clown heritage. <laughs> your clown heritage. Yeah, I'm like, where are these jugglers supposed to cut their chops? You know? <laughs> I mean, I, is I, that I, the I, right I, term? Cut your chops. Yeah. Where are they supposed to throw You're these balls? I don't, <laughs> we're talking about jugglers. That's what they do. Uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely like 
kicking it down on what Austin's saying a little. Like the 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 idea is like a convention of just like okay. beat a musical is is usually so bad. Like like and and like kind of the cookie cutter like at least with stand up you can put your ideas in this form. Like mm-hmm. the guys that I like are very much. You don't think of them as musical comedians. You think of them as that's just them. They're in like kind of a more alt com like someone like Bo Burnham. Mm-hmm. You don't really think like sometimes like he plays piano and a lot of stuff, but he does also non musical stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one liners. Yeah. And then you like uh, <laughs> like Reggie Watts. It's a little bit different too, but that's very specific. And then Sean Cullen, who's my like guy, he doesn't play an instrument, but he'll just br- it's more like a showman kind of entertainer okay. vibe, like mm-hmm. like f- from like the sixties, like or a 70s like where, a lounge like, singer kind of person who like like it's it's the battle between. It's like uh, sometimes like the, the suit wearing comic and then like the backwards hat wearing like short wearing comic like someone who's just funny like someone that goes up there is sweating for you Sammy Davis Jr. Dean Martin that's dancing and has rehearsed something has like everything down to like an art form like a little like a, like vaudeville stuff or like mm-hmm. someone's just like Louis C.K. It's like yeah I, I shit on my kid <laughs> like and everyone laughs and you're like he has got a good point. Like, you, like I don't know you don't like so it's like like which is like yeah some of it you can say that's actually funny this other stuff isn't funny but there's also work that can be mm-hmm. appreciated there I, I don't know yeah. so when it's done well we have some divides in the, as long as, the crash like, I mean, test com- group I, I think comedy it's just, <laughs> just got to be surprising comedy has to be surprising if it's not surprising it's not funny yeah I can agree with that yeah, let's, let's... I'm like if it's funny is comedy yeah let's you know? dive into that more like uh so we'll start with austin if you don't mind me putting you on the spot that's kind of my job um <laughs> if musical comedy isn't your bag then like what is comedy for you oh i don't know i think it's just like funny i just think my problem <laughs> with musical comedy is that uh what what happens i mean 90 it's probably like 90 maybe even 95 percent of musical comedy is just like um pretty bad jokes over top of pretty bad music and it elevated tr- a little tricks bit. the crowd into thinking it's good somehow. They're like, okay, like bad plus bad equals good somehow in this weird musical comedy <laughs> equation, and it bugs me a lot. Um, and it's, it's probably like I don't know, not right. Maybe I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's right for you, but like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I think like comedy is just funny. I got like a pretty broad taste in comedy. Like there's not. So I don't. When, I'm not, but the thing with musical comedy is it feels like a cheat code uh, that audiences reward disproportionately yeah. to what you're seeing like i think it definitely can be i agree with that. it feels like in a lot of cases with musical comedy not that even the acts are doing it on purpose but they've like kind of figured out a way to like uh circumvent their lack of talent in two <laughs> two mediums yeah of just being like i'm not that good at songs i could never make it as just the songs person and i'm not that good at jokes could never make it as just a jokes person but if i put <laughs> these two medium things together i'm tricking a lot of people into thinking this is better than it is yeah i think it, i'm kind of like in between you and sam i think i like and i guess so i'm in like amy's boat where it's like it can be that and it can be just like really cringeworthy and like you're really not putting as much effort as you could but then there are like some musical comics or like musical acts that are funny inherently that are like really blow my mind that was like a lot of my childhood growing up flight of the concords yeah like i love those guys and they're like smart writers they had an hbo show like they have Mm -hmm. to be good Mm -hmm. um but jumping back into your style of comedy austin what when you're on stage um what are you trying to do besides making them laugh like what is i don't know maybe you can talk about like your process of writing jokes and then like the presentation of it like what is comedy for you in terms of working on it yeah it's um it's hard to explain what it is to work on, I guess, because it's, I don't really have a singular writing process. Like, I don't, it's, I don't even know many comics I do, to be honest, that have, like, I always write jokes this one way. Like, I don't know very many people like that. But I guess on top of, like, just being funny, like, I'm trying to do something. I always try to, like, cover pretty unique topics and stuff. Like, I don't mm-hmm. want to just tread over well-worn territory, because that also bugs me. Like, I'll, yeah, I'll like, the same way I just but- yell about musical comedy, I'll yell about some other things because i like i like i think for me it's important to make the audience think things that are funny that they didn't already think are funny because a lot of comics that i don't think are that funny what they'll do is they'll take sort of a premise a generally accepted funny premise of the world right something like young people are lazy people like laughing yeah. at that or like marriage is stressful and funny in that way people like and there's, like, these let are me things tell that, you about my dick for a little while yeah and like, there's things like that the world is generally accepted as like oh this is comedic right like this topic like oh me and my wife arguing is 
it's funny and relate and everybody sort of if you ask people they're like oh yeah that's funny and relatable mm-hmm. overall and the world accepted it as funny and they just go on stage and they go like hey this thing you know that's funny here it is and then they go yeah i also i do still think that's funny <laughs> and i don't think uh that's a very interesting thing to do with comedy like i'd much rather take a topic that not even that people are like oh that's not funny i don't think that's necessarily the thing but that someone's like oh why is he ta- why does he talking about this because you'll never have like some comic go on stage and be like oh you know being married's weird and people are like why is he talking about that yeah but i do like and it's happened a few times and that's not a good feeling when it does happen (laughs) but i like the fact that i do have some jokes that if it takes like some smaller town that when i bring up the topic like there was a lady in the front when i did radium like in the front row or whatever (laughs) and i just remember her being i'd bring up a topic and she'd be like what why what (laughs) i mean it felt awful at the time because i was bombing was it lotion or bagpipes oh it was neither of those yeah i can't even remember what it was it wasn't like yeah it was neither of those but it was a while ago it was like last october but okay it i like the fact that i do have jokes that when people hear what the subject is they're not immediately like i already know the funny angle on that because if you go like these goddamn millennials or whatever people are gonna be like oh you're gonna say they're lazy or Mm. allergic to gluten or whatever right yeah and like i just don't think it's challenging or like that interesting to just reinforce people's viewpoints on what is already funny yeah you're just like kicking a dead horse really yeah and it's just like they already think it's funny like you're not doing any work you're just reminding them of a thing they already think is funny yeah you know remember when that really good comic told you about that one thing you thought was funny now listen <laughs> to me tell you about that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> someone did that at broken set was like, what else? Like, did they literally say that <laughs> pretty much they're like oh yeah do you remember that guy's this, this joke i don't even know if he was on the show that night but he like referenced another joke <laughs> and then said why wow, like there's a problem in that like <laughs> <laughs> let me just critique other comics jokes for you for five minutes that's what that's... i do when i'm hosting it's yeah probably... <laughs> you, you have like hosting i think you kind of have to if the audience isn't into it you have to then be the voice of the audience if you're hosting that's true i think yeah um so that's uh what's what's comedy for you amy like what do you try and do up there whether it's hosting or whether it's just like slinging jokes like in a five ten minute spot um well i guess like i don't know for me it's weird i grew up like everyone in my family had a show like my parents are both clowns and like i was a clown when i was like four like i was a clown like i was a clown with them until i was like 12 so i was like i had a weird kind of I don't know addiction really to like making people laugh from like a very young age Mm -hmm. so when i go up on stage i just like want to make people laugh and like i think i don't know i talk a lot about my family because i think like it's weird (laughs) being the only child of two clowns um and i think people can relate to like having an embarrassing family so then i was just like kind of naturally given like an an extra embarrassing family <laughs> um and then yeah i don't know what else i just i guess what, something i've been trying to be more conscious of like as i grow as a comedian is i kind of recognize that be like i want to talk about things that the women in the audience can relate to because mm-hmm. like chances are the comedy show they're watching is going to be 90 percent um like male voices on the stage and yeah. then so if i can be that like 10 percent and kind of take that like seize that opportunity <laughs> to yeah. be like makeup's <laughs> hard ladies and then like like i know that seems really reductive and dumb but like if i can kind of take that moment to like speak to the ladies in the audience that might not be able to relate to like yeah if a guy has a joke that he's like and then i was jerking off and then my mom caught me like <laughs> not that like no girl's been caught masturbating by her mom but like it's you a know little what I mean? more subtle i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's easier to hide <laughs> i don't know though i, I i've never uh, well we went, we're not gonna go there either <laughs> <Sweet>. <laughs> so yeah i don't know like i guess yeah it was hard for me to get away from the clown stuff and like still kind of it's because it just felt like this needs to be better this mm-hmm. is like such a crazy thing i like i felt like i got like dealt this like incredible hand and then i was like am i playing it right am i doing it right like you know yeah, what i mean totally kind of a weird i don't no, know i get that my name my name's connor nicholas christmas so i'm like i have to have the best jokes about yeah. christmas i have to like <laughs> yeah it's almost like more stressful than it is rewarding when i do like jokes about my name on stage because yeah. I, I that's how i started doing stand-up was like all jokes about my name 
And yeah. then like, oh, my Mormon family too, because Christmas is in relation to God. So like yeah. all this stuff is easy. And then I'm like, ah, but like, am I talking about this too much? Is it even that good? So now I'm like trying to stray away from that. So yeah, I can see where you're coming from there. Well, that's nice to like hear someone be able to relate to that. Cause mm-hmm. I think I've, I've in the past felt very isolated. Yeah. Well, people think they're like, oh, like you got it. You, your parents are clowns lifetime of material but you're like it's not really that easy (laughs) 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 well and for me it's so fucking normal yeah and sam you my dad yeah the reverend the pastor it's the same same thing i I try to not do those jokes as much as possible anymore yeah and like or try to come up with new angles especially because it's in religion and that's such an overused like and it's so mm -hmm. easy without us and saying we're it's already like a polarizing topic you don't really have to drag anyone anywhere Mm -hmm. yeah you're like religion and people are like Oh, oh here we have a comes. we have opinions on this. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting, and it like it gets. I think those things that you've been like your whole life has been around. Like every time I get on a plane or like have to show my ID to anyone, it's like Mister Christmas. Ooh, and I'm like, yeah, it's my fucking name. Like, get over it. And to me, it's like a really played out thing. But to them, it's like they're for just hearing it for the first time. So, but yeah, I relate to that. Some of those obvious things are good, like like especially with me where I go all over the place and kind of bouncing. I'm singing, I'm dancing, I'm doing also, I'm sweating. Okay, like having something like that, it anchors the set. Like when I'm doing a closing set and like That's Red Deer or something more. So if like you go up and your name's Christmas, and you don't talk, people are going to be thinking about it. Like, oh, I yeah. thought he was going to have a joke about his name being Christmas or something. So if you save it to the if you, if it's kind of obvious, it sits in the back and it, it, it kind of grows a little bit. Like it, it makes back, it full it circle without actually having to put yeah, the work into it. it it's almost That's like a callback that you haven't called back to yeah. yet. Huh. Like or something dropping like something like that something that's obvious or if you look way. like something is something avoiding the obvious but then kind of giving them a little bit you gotta you gotta give them a little bit yeah the theory true. I heard behind that kind of thing was that like um the audience almost goes into a mentality of like does he not know that that's weird yeah <laughs> does he not like and then they're uncomfortable until mm. you break that tension hmm. being like my name's fucking Christmas it's crazy like you yeah. know what I mean. Because otherwise, the audience can just sit there and be like, kind of like tense and looking at each other. Like, does he not get that it's weird that his name's yeah. Christmas? And I think also they probably think like, is this a stage name? Because he has a joke about this. Or People like, think I'm lying is... about my parents. Yeah. all the time. Mm-hmm. It's it's yeah. It's really interesting what people like as an audience member. You're like that. I want you to talk about that. But then like no one really gives you that feedback after. I don't think. Or, and like sometimes as a comic, if your set, especially if your set doesn't go well, you don't want to hear that feedback from random people. <laughs> You're like, okay, I know I did poorly. You're a really good singer. Like, your jokes, I don't, you should just be a singer. <laughs> Have you heard that before? Yes. Like... <laughs> so, Sam is a comic who will burst into music rather than a musical. Yeah, well, comedian. he's not doing like these full, like the thing that really, and it is most musical comedy, is this. It's like a three minute, like sort of like acoustic full style yeah. pop style song with just like crappy puns about sex over it yep i get jealous of musical comedy because they can like repeat the chorus mm, and that yeah e- that, that joke so it's yeah. like it's so much e it appears easier i don't have any musical it's talent <laughs> it is no, no it's easier i sit not having to learn how to play an instrument it feels e- i'm like fuck man the like they the built easier the learning how to play ukulele hard <laughs> Harder than just it's a little to specific, the Sam. I don't know. What... Ukulele, 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 right ukulele. There. No, acoustic guitar. Every music, it's such an easy carrying thing. No one's gonna bring a guitar because it's a gigantic. Yeah, no, I'm just what about um? What about um? Andy Kaufman and the Bongos. I don't know if a lot of people listening will know. Do you what mean Matthew is. McConaughey? No, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> Andy Kaufman, like '60s oh, comedian. He's like he's very like renowned. He used to like wrestle women. He's like a very absurdist <laughs> comic. Like, um, and yeah, he people would, don't even know if the wrestling woman was funny. Like, uh, people yeah. aren't even sure if that was a joke. The <laughs> South <laughs> really hated it, and I think everyone who wasn't the South was like, "This is pretty funny." <laughs> I'm not he, familiar with his no? bongos bit. Well, he like he would uh, the one bit I've seen. He's like he he tells a joke. 
that like maybe not go as well and he sam you might be able to correct me on this but he like he kind of starts to cry and he's like playing the bongos as he like is crying and he like makes this weird like song yeah. kind of song and goes into it and then he just starts playing bongos it's like, very chanty very, yeah very, very Buddhist, buddhism kind mm-hmm. of stuff too right? yeah yeah which is like i guess that's more absurdity than musical comedy but it's bringing music into your jokes like, I'm just so jealous that it's it takes less songs to build a half hour than it takes yeah. jokes. Well, like but a five minutes set, that's me like one being song. Petty and competitive. <laughs> yeah, that's why. That's why it's got. It's got. Like, like, uh, maybe that's why comics hit because it is the joke that you're hearing over and over yeah. again. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not a good joke, and it's over and over. You really over. hammer like, it into them. Be a strong, strong yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't that be kind of nice if you could just circle back? That's why uh, Henry Phillips is. That's why he's so strong. Is a lot of his songs don't even have like kind of chorus, and they're just oh. jo- they're just strong jokes. And uh, yeah, they're really Henry Phillips is the best. But, but I it, can like with that said, I do like I can appreciate musical comedy. Mm-hmm. There is good musical comedy in my mind, but there are there's a lot of bad. It's the same as stand up. There's a lot of great stand up. There's also just as much really bad stand-up there's probably yeah, more but bad stand-up bad doesn't stand-up. get uh received well by audiences Ooh. that's why it's not yeah. as annoying that's yeah because <laughs> they get told they're bad by the crowd immediately yeah what about puppets like, let's talk about puppets <laughs> don't bring my family don't like puppets. into this <laughs> her brother Austin, is a puppet Austin maybe with other mediums <laughs> i barely like sketch sammy <laughs> what, what, what about uh, being a, 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 a comic of a visible minority like, no i like, oh. like, like, like you know what grinds <laughs> my gear (laughs) using a different perspective to talk about society no no i like (laughs) comics on twitter hate them okay every comic on twitter is too serious makes me very upset these are all the things i don't like (laughs) i maybe it's because like my mom does it but i do wish that there was like more new ventriloquists like somebody needs to like bring that back and like not be jeff dunham yeah, Jeff Dunham yeah. ruined it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's the carrot top of puppets. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Terry Fainer was pretty good for. I don't, he never really tried to be like a stand. He was more just like straight up on a ventriloquist. Like, Take me to Vegas. Yeah, and like maybe in their def- maybe there is more of an amateur ventriloquism community that I'm just ignorant to. Yeah, well, I don't know. I got sucked into a YouTube vortex of that uh, Penn and Teller's Fool Us oh, <laughs> of all yeah. the magicians. Oh, that's easy man. to get into. And, and I started watching it and realized, I was like, I do not like magicians at all. Like, <laughs> but I, I like magic. I can respect magic. Like, But just the, the confidence that, that, that the magician has in their stage persona, just that smile. Yeah. It's just so annoying. Like they know they're like, this is gonna work. I wouldn't be doing it if it wasn't be to work. And I was like, where's the risk? Where's the yeah, where's totally. the risk of comedy? And the thing like, is, I know like I I don't like the magicians who can't turn that off in their normal life. I know magicians who are like <laughs> always like that. I think. And then uh, and then I know mu- magicians who can like that's my stage persona. This is me as a person. And I'm like, okay, I can trust you. <laughs> when I was growing up, like all my first crushes were magicians because they were the only people <laughs> that like worked with my parents that were like not. Cla- they were like a little bit more mature. Yeah, you different know what enough. I mean? Yeah, different enough. And like they're usually like charismatic and handsome, and I just be like. <laughs> 11 and be like hi what are you doing oh you're just getting ready for your son that's okay okay bye like <laughs> such oh, god <laughs> well austin uh you should maybe but yeah now magic i grew tricks. up and uh don't like magic now <laughs> magic's uh i don't know it's fine i guess i also watch those pen and teller ones sometimes but it's annoying because they're always like oh you gotta like it always makes the, when I first heard about the show, it made it sound like they'd explain tricks, but they never will. No, because of course they won't. They're magicians. Yeah, they just you can Google tricks now. They still won't explain well, them. Cotton, they're pretending that Google code doesn't code exist. Language it's like, oh, you're doing the blockhead. I get you there. You're doing this. I'm doing mm-hmm. that. Yeah, there's not as much secrecy in the comedian world. I don't think. Well, and I wonder if it's because, like, I don't know if you've noticed, but comedians tend to like be a little bit purist about stand up. They're pretty like, purist. Yeah, yeah we're like stand up is talking with a microphone and a mic stand and a stool and nothing fucking else yeah, and you you might not use that stool but it better be it there it better be there for my <laughs> phone but oh, i can't remember where i was going with this train of thought what were we saying right before the magicians, magicians suck, magicians <laughs> suck. I have secrets. Uh, oh i think that a lot of that might come from the fact that stand-ups and like pure stand-up can't be practiced at home mm. whereas like as a magician or ventriloquist or a musician you can practice that skill on your own, like in your basement or whatever, and like 
I don't know. It's like easier to practice on your own. Yeah. Whereas like comics, we have to have open mics. You have to have an audience. Like, yeah. yeah, If we're just like mad that it's easier to practice. (laughs) Yeah, that's well, like, I think that's fair, but it's also like you got to get over that. If No, I'm not over it. (laughs) I don't think (laughs) any comedian is, but but it's something we have to work towards together. But like, yeah. Yeah. You know how stand-ups are super mad? Maybe I just cracked the code. Yeah. I think you're on to something here. It has nothing to do with trauma, abuse, and <laughs> mental illness. <Yeah. laughs> and I like I feel like we're just scratching the surface of like talking about all this stuff, but we are unfortunately out of time. So, um thank you guys so much for coming to my home uh, and talking to me about stand-up and producing shows and all of that good stuff that we're all interested in. Uh, slandering other forms of performance and um, where can we catch Crash Test again guys Crash Test is every Tuesday at Vern's the Pro-Am show starts at 8pm and the open mic starts at 10pm and for just for context pro- professional and amateur shows correct yes yeah, yeah, yeah. so the 8pm we book in advance and it's a mixture of professional comics and amateur comics awesome and then the open mic is anybody uh, anything else except ma- magicians no magicians no magicians allowed because they got Escobar right above you now on Tuesdays they yeah. have their own show yeah Magicians came and watched our show, the, the after show. Oh, Did yeah? they? I'm sorry. Should I have ran them out? No, I'm happy about it. <laughs> after show is a Do they make anything disappear? Do they make anything disappear? Yes. What'd they do? Do they do any tricks? Yeah, they made yeah kick them out then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Uh, anything else you would like the world to know? No. No? Thank you. No, I'm thinking, yeah, we're good. Yeah, thanks, Connor. Thanks for, thanks having, for having us. Yeah, no problem. Um, and that is. Deep Thoughts with Connor, Christmas, and Gang. Take it, Sam. Oh, Deep Thoughts! <laughs> Great. Uh, thanks a lot, guys, for listening. And we'll see you in two weeks. <laughs>